every every uh, twice a week I do like these little songwriting sprints where I set a timer for an hour and I have to write a full song in an hour. Mm. And, and all these things generate ideas. So then when I enter the co-write, I come with something. Um, and then the first 30 minutes we'll spend just kind of talking about what's you know, what's been resonating with us, what's been interesting in our own lives, um, or, or just, you know, shoot the shit for a little bit and, and get to know each other. And uh, usually out of that, there's, there's some sort of topic that starts to, you know, uh, make itself apparent. And that's usually what we we try and take advantage of is something that's, that's really clicking with what we're talking about. And then I can, you know, kind of, look back on on the the week or months worth of work that I've been doing and, and try and take away ideas from that to to bring to the co-write. How often are you co-writing? I try and have a goal of one co-write a week. So wow, how do you yeah. arrange that? Um, well, I, I'm very lucky that I've found a, a great community. So I'm working with a producer, uh, Jonathan Carcar is his name. He's out here in Toronto, um, as well as another gentleman named Sam Arion and Mike DeRolfi. Uh, so I've kind of got, you know, three co-writing partners that, uh, that, um, that, I, that I'm kind of working with. And then I've always had uh, a dear friend of mine that I've co-written with named James Roth. He's from Winnipeg. So we, we do some stuff as well. Um, and, and just, I, I try to make it a goal every month to find one new person to, to co-write with as well. So it's, uh, mm. there's just, there's, there's a little bit of a science to it. You got to create a community. You got to put a little bit of a schedule in place. Um, and if you can, you know, if you can kind of figure out, you know, one a week, I, I'd say like, that's, that's, been that's great keys to success for for getting you know great songs and great content for me are you a lyric first or a music first person um so i would always kind of gravitate to music and melody to start my songs um and i still do to a certain con or to a certain point but uh, I'm getting more and more into the appreciation behind word and um, and honesty uh, in the lyrics. It just to me, there's you know you have to make sure that when you're writing a song, and and this is just my observation that that you're not insulting somebody's intelligence. You know, not telling them the same thing that's been said in that same way, you know, millions of times. Before. Yeah. And so now I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really paying attention to my everyday life and trying to find ways of saying the same emotions that we feel, the same things that we go through in new ways, in, in honest ways. And so with that being said, I guess to answer your question, I'm actually trying to really focus on word and, and, and lyric first now and, uh, and trying to kind of burst my process. It's interesting. We had a um, a meetup on um, on Tuesday, and we started talking about this. You know, the lyrics first uh, versus melody first. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I always think one of the dangers with lyrics first is for it's easy for a songwriter to focus on the words and then forget about the melody because they're so wrapped up in the words. Mm -hmm. So that would be an interesting thing to to worry about. But of course, you're you're so melody driven yeah. to begin with, so that's probably okay. Yeah. Well, I. Yeah. And to give you some context, Phil, I played 
oh gosh, 15 years, I think, of live cover shows in, in the scene in Winnipeg, like literally mm. playing private parties since I was probably 15, 16 years old. Um, and, and doing that, um, you know, four, five, six times a week, sometimes at, at the height of things. Um, and I played so many classics and so many pop songs, so many rock songs that mm. everybody knew that melody started to become just innate for me. And I think that that's where my sense of melody comes from is just listening to so much music and playing, uh, singing so much music and then improvising my own uh, spin on things. So melody and music have always come quite naturally during the songwriting process to me. Mm. So I'm trying to challenge myself now to to really bear down on lyric and and really match that to to, you know, really kind of create that that perfect harmony between lyric and melody. Um, it's it's the one thing that that I'm constantly trying to improve. And, uh, and the one thing that I'd say, you know, with with my releases so far, the melody has been really strong. The lyrics have been something that that I've always, uh, you know, wanted to improve upon. You know, I wonder about that because sometimes I hear certain r recent releases mm -hmm. and lyrically they do not seem terribly introspective or, you know, and I realize there's different kinds of music for different kinds of situations. So if you're on the dance floor, you don't want to, you know, think about a, a philosophical idea. It's, I always kind of wonder about, you know, how important, like lyrics are, are, you know, sort of important to us as songwriters, but it's always, I sort of wonder how much it is to the average person. I, again, I, 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 I totally agree with, with your point there. It's, you know, it's, it's getting to the point now where, it it almost seems formulaic for a lot of the the pop songs, and and I'm noticing that a lot in the country genre, which I love country, and I, and I've always really thought that the the lyricism in country has been brilliant. Um, but that being said, I think that the evergreens of the pop world, the evergreens of the country world, do have that depth and that sincerity to their lyric and. It's not necessarily that it has to be terribly, you know, philosophical or, or introspective. It's like, how do we take something and say exactly what we mean to say? Um, I think a great example and one that I'll always kind of refer to is um, Tim McGraw. Uh, live like you were dying. You know, he's he's talking to, uh, you know, is I think it, it, either his father or 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 a gentleman that's giving him, uh, you know, advice for 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 growing older in life. And, you know, it's talking about going skydiving and Rocky Mountain climbing and uh, and like these experiences that I think we all kind of have in the back of our head as stuff that we want to do with our lives. but for some reason we get caught up with work we get caught up with finances everything else that that prohibits us in our own minds from doing these things but this song is taking exactly what we're thinking and 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 then turning it back and saying something so simple as live like you were dying now if you were on the dance floor or in concert you'd easily be able to comprehend that it's not philosophical it's not terribly it's a simple way of putting 
uh, a very deep concept of, of trying to figure out how do we enjoy this life in the time that we have. And, um, and I think that that's what really makes a great pop hit is when you can have that easy to comprehend hook, but then also have it applied to such a deep emotion and, and a deep concept to life. When you're uh, writing, um, are you consciously, you know, checking for hooks? I'd say I'm trying to eliminate that from my writing process. I've always been a little bit, I've always strayed a little bit to that, that formulaic tone and, and making sure that, Hey, you know, you got to have something hooky here. You got to have, you know, verse, course, verse, course, bridge, course, you know, kind of sticking to the, you know, the classical structure of songwriting. I think that the more you're able to be unconscious and 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 simply serve what's best for the song, the better that the composition is going to be ultimately. Um, I think that hooks are going to come naturally if you practice and you write consistently, you know you mm-hmm. and 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 also if and this is going to this is this might this might sound strange but i really believe the more that you practice interacting with other humans and finding out what really compels them and what draws them to listen in conversation the better writer you're going to become um i mean if you if you figure out the key to communicating with other humans you're innately going to be able to draw upon that in your writing sessions. You won't have to think about what is the audience going to be hooked to? What is the audience going to be drawn to here? It's just going to come naturally in your dialect. And I think that that's extremely important as an artist is to have, you know, that balance of, of life experience and, and those relationships where, you know, you have these in-depth chats like we're having right now. Um, where it's not more surface level interactions. And and I know that our lives have kind of gravitated towards those surface level interactions, but break that barrier, break that norm. That's where you're going to get great, you know, experience and, and songwriting just literally comes from great experience and profound experience, in my opinion. With, I mean, a lot of uh, writers, especially people who are, not professional, but maybe professionally oriented, you know, they will do those things about, you know, worrying about hook. Mm-hmm. How do you work with them? Because your approach seems to be a bit more, you know, sort of constantly getting away from that. And so many people are just, that's all they talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Hooks and melody have always been something that have been natural for me. So, so I think, you know, maybe when I say it, it's, it's just something that you know, I'm trying to dial back a little bit because I'm trying to focus on other portions, you know, making sure that 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 my lyric comes across honest and and uh, and and is something that really kind of challenges the the listener to, you know, feel something with it. But um, in terms of, yeah, I, I, I think that early on in my songwriting career, definitely working with more experienced writers, the one big thing was trying to 
concise the message was trying to get rid of all the filler um and and finding ways to to say what you need to say in in less you know content so that was that was probably one of the bigger lessons that i learned early on is is how do we get straight to the point um you know set the scene get to the point and that in itself um you know can be a hook is you know not giving away too much of the story and um and and kind of letting your your listener you know imagine to themselves and 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 apply the story to themselves make it theirs that's a hook in my opinion um you know you you're always going to have the ear candy melodies and 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 whatnot and you don't really have to rewrite the book on melody there's there's just there's certain things that work if you have an ounce of music theory you know knowledge or you know even key signatures and whatnot you you're gonna know what works it's it's gonna be phonetically and and auditorily pleasing to the ear but um i think that that finding a way to to condense things into you know more more shorter um capturing parts is is really the key have you uh, played around with uh, sort of narrative stories like telling stories from a like a third person kind of approach not as much as 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 i probably should have but uh, it's a good reminder i i do love changing the the perspective but it's it's not easy you know especially i think as a as a younger writer um we tend to to go introspective with our writing. And um, one of the biggest lessons actually that I learned um, not more than a month ago, I was writing with a really, really great seasoned songwriter. Um, and he was saying that, you know, one of the biggest changes that he's made to his writing is writing the song for that person that you're writing to or, or writing it for who your listener is to be not not for yourself um it can change so much you know you you write a song about i don't know bringing your partner home to meet your parents well write that song for all the moms and fathers out there that are like dreaming about the day that their mm. daughter or son or whatever brings home their partner but also write it for your partner that's dreaming about you bringing them home to mom and dad but then mm. also make it about you know yourself and and the emotions that you'll feel so the minute you start getting outside of writing songs directly for yourself but also encompassing everybody else that's involved in that story and making it for them is the minute that you like you just open up the depth of your song and it it just number one is going to hit that much wider of a target audience it's going to be that much more universal and um it, it there's just going to be something you know non-linear about it which is which is really nice to a song it's it's gonna it's gonna have a lot of angles which is great have you thought about uh, writing for other people I do. I do a ton of writing for other artists, which is one of my favorite things to do. I honestly enjoy it more than writing for myself. I'll be frank. Um, mm. It just allows me to, it allows me to eliminate the filter or the fear the, of judgment. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know what I, I mean? I would never right? say that. <laughs> you always kind of have that guard up when you're writing and you're like, ah, oh, 
crap, can I really say that? Or do I want to give that away? And, um, mm. you know, I, I think it definitely inhibits a lot of, uh, a lot of writers, including myself. And, um, I love writing for other artists because I don't have to stick to a certain persona or a genre that I've created. Um, you know, I get to hear their story. And um, one of the cool things is kind of picking up how they would say things like, you know, look at how they dress, look at how they do their hair, look at how they talk, you know, what kind of, um, you know, what kind of aura do they give off? And then trying to take that information and then translate that into how would they say this, you know, mm. and, then, and then using that for, for the writing. It's, uh, it's interesting. So let's talk about 27. So is the approach is kind of different, I think. Than... Yeah. So uh, in terms of the approach for this one, I mean, it's the whole EP is, is definitely autobiographical from, um, you know, kind of the, the viewpoint of, of getting past a lot of these inner turmoils or, um, things that I that I went through in my own life. But it's, it's kind of sitting from an omniscient standpoint, uh, you know, now where where things are where I'm, you know, I'm quite content with, with where things are at in life. Um, so it's, it's, it's a little bit reflective. Um, it's written about the times that I was actually going through a lot of these things. But um, I like the the one thing that I like about the writing is that it it gives the listener a way out. It's not just complete venting and, you know, trying to make them my therapist, essentially. But it's, uh, you know, there there is a little bit of lesson to be learned in, in a lot of the songs, like like life is in general. And um, so, it, yeah, it's uh, it was an interesting one to craft. So how did you craft it? Is this, um, is this a co-write or is this... So uh, with respects to the particular song, 27, the single, it, it was a co-write, um, co-written with uh, a couple brilliant um, producer, songwriter, artists themselves, Garrett Ward and Dan Botch. Um, they're a production duo called The Renaissance out in Vancouver, and they actually produced the track as well. So um, very talented gentlemen. Uh, co-wrote it with them over Zoom. Uh, All right. How, now, how was that? Yeah, well, I mean, ever since COVID, I, I'd say, you know, 90% of my rights have been over Zoom, um, over the internet, which has been, you know, an interesting, it's been an interesting phenomenon. Uh, definitely would say that I prefer the in-person right but you know this this just gives access to a lot more other writers that you wouldn't necessarily have access to um so it yeah it was really good it was it was a cool um it was a cool couple sessions i think we broke it up into two or three sessions if i recall um and you know it it felt like a celebration to be honest, the song, it, 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 it was kind of the bow on the EP. Um, the tagline is, I learned to live again. Um, I mean, if you, if, you, if, you, if you take a listen to the song, it's, it's, it's evident that, you know, our narrator or myself went through something in life that, that basically took 
all of his personality, his or her personality um, away from them to the point that, you know, it consumed them. And basically they had to free themselves by, you know, learning how to let that side of them end um, and, and figuring out, you know, new habits and, and new ways of life. So. Did you come into the writing session with like um, verses and choruses or was this uh, something that came directly from the partnership? We started this one from blank, I think. Um, mm. Just how I like to start most of my co-writes. I like to come in with ideas handy. Like I like, I like to have those tools in the toolkit, but I, so I used to be very type A about co-writing. If like I'd send an email the night before to like whoever I was writing with and send them a bunch of reference tracks, like here, listen to this, 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 and you know, here's a few ideas I have, like um, just just to be prepared. Now I kind of like to let the magic happen in the room. You know, I'll always be prepared with with material to refer to if I hear something in my head that it's like, oh, we could use that. Uh, and I write so much now that like I'm always drawing on old material that uh, that I have in the in the bank, and that's the beauty of writing songs. Is like even if you don't go to studio with them or they're not going to be a cut, you put them in the bank, and you're probably going to use that chorus as a bridge for something else or or a verse for something else if it's a you know if it's a good song that you wrote, right? So. Um, with that respect, though, like, no, I, I like to enter the room kind of blank slate without, you know, any set direction. Um, you know, that may change from time to time, but certainly when I'm when I'm entering a co-write or especially if I'm trying to write something for an EP or for an album, you know, I'll have an idea in my mind if I want to do like a ballad or you know something up tempo 116 bpm dancey stuff but um other than that you know it's it's pretty blank slate for me so many different ways to approach a, a co-write you know it's uh, yeah. just finding out what works for you well, let's take a listen to 27 and then we'll talk a bit more about it I swear it feels just like a lifetime finally came it turns in my mind with all these broken perspectives my twisted perceptions that I told myself Guess I'm finally growing older The world is falling off my shoulder With all my obsessions and unanswered questions I spent 27 years living in my head Wasting all my time dancing with the dead Trying to hide my ghost underneath my bed And no one else to blame Take everything away from me Till I could barely stand to be myself I knew that I'd break inside But one day I'd find The strength that I kept buried deep within I learned to live again I picked my soul up from vacation I left it floating on the waves Oh, and I know that we all die someday But we all move on to a better place 
in the song is the last line of the first pre-chorus mm-hmm. and no one else to, to blame mm-hmm. the way you hit that is just cool one thing I wanted to pay, uh, point out is that it was an interesting arrangement that you went into the first chorus and I think it would be very common for most people to make the big cor- you know the first chorus a big chorus with drums and you know and, and you didn't do that and at first I thought oh that's that's kind of interesting, but it does become that big chorus at the end, which I thought mm-hmm. was really, really cool. You know, setting up expect, you know, expectations and then sort of throwing them off. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the way it kind of grows, you know, from sort of small into something big. And But um, it, it didn't sound pompous, which, mm-hmm. you know, which can happen with that approach. Well, it was but, supposed to emulate, it's, it's supposed to emulate growth in life, right? And, right. And, the uh, the approach that we took was the first the first verse course and and everything is is kind of like a almost like a come to Jesus moment where you're where you're realizing things and and you're and you're finally feeling the weight of the world fall off your shoulders. It's a little bit peaceful and and everything's fine and and then you, you kind of build up into that excitement about oh you know, I kind of feel like life is starting now. Um, and, and certainly I think that that's how I felt at, at, at the point of time where I was writing it about where it was, you know, it was a lot of uncertainty about leaving behind a former self and, um, and, and, you know, kind of figuring out who am I going to become here out of all of this. And, uh, yet there was an excitement knowing that this was, a necessity to move forward. So. It's easy for songs to be self-indulgent more from a, you know, that, that sounds a bit derogatory, but some songs can be self-indulgent because they're all just about me. It's me. I'm doing this. I'm a victim. I'm this. And, you know, that can be good, but it's nice to actually have a song 
which is written about me and and I, but is still triumphant. Well, it's 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 written for somebody else that that's also going through what yeah. what I went through, and um, you know, it, it's 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 no secret. You know, this the song is about going through depression and uh, and and anxiety and um, waves of emotion and distorted thinking that that could have led to something with a less favorable outcome than than where I am now. And um, the song wasn't written for me. The song was written about my story and the hopes that somebody else listens to it and hears that he got to the other side. So maybe I can too. And I know that when I was in the depths of what I went through, I was begging to find proof that there was another side to all this. So my hopes is that somebody hears the song and says, okay, if this guy did it, I'm going to give it a try. So, Yeah, a great tune and wonderfully, uh, wonderfully arranged. It's a larger idea. That is one thing you started thinking about as you get older. Well, I, I, I do think that at that point in my life, love wasn't really much of a, <laughs> a prime topic and just trying to, you know, and, and I think that the interesting part is, is that we all go through a season or four of them in our lives where we're just trying to fucking make it through and and it's like how do we keep our head above water and it you know whether it's depression whether it's drinking whether it's something else that that's um that that we turn to to try and mute out whatever is going on or or distract ourselves from whatever's going on it's it's undeniable we're gonna go through those periods in life um and and i really just i think that this song is always going to be a reminder to me to just stay away stay you know keep keep my eyes open and there's going to be tough times but you know you've you've got to you've got to be ready to take those on in life um as hard as it can be um you you just you, you have to face them and then you kind of equip yourself moving forward for, okay, when something else comes out, you know, now I'm a little more seasoned and, and a little more able to to handle this without the the emotional swings, right? And and that was really what had hampered my music, my personal life, my love life, and um, you know, my my relationship with my parents, most importantly. Uh, during that period. And um, it's something I'm very grateful that I went through because now I know all the things to be aware of and, and kind of stay awake to, like I say. So so what's uh, what's coming up next for you? Love songs. All love songs. Baby, <laughs> baby, baby, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you, and, and you know what? It's not too far from the truth, though. I'm, uh, Nothing wrong with that. I'm... Uh, I'm at a point in my life and I never, you know what, to be honest, a couple of years ago, I didn't think I would ever write an actual love song. It was, uh, I was a little Mm -hmm. bit changed. And uh, I'm at the point in my life though, where, uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm pretty at peace with a lot of things, despite there being more, you know, chaos in, in, in my entire life, you know, moving to a new city of Toronto, starting all over again, and, you know, really making a push with the music. Uh, it, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of stress for sure, but mm. I've never felt more equipped to take it on. And with that has also come the confidence to allow love into my life. And, uh, and, uh, and that's kind of what, I, what I'm feeling right now. And um, so the next, the next batch of songs I'm really excited about, they're, they're, they're a pretty joyous, um, a really joyous, honest collection. And um, I don't think that I've ever really incorporated a lot of joy into my songs. It's, it's always mm. a lot of vulnerability. Um, you know, overcoming, sure. So strength, whatever. But now it's it's just a lot of like pure peace and and, and joy, um, while staying in that rock element, though. Yeah. You know, you're always gonna have that. You're always gonna have that edge from from my sound. So it's uh, yeah. it's been a lot of fun crafting these. It's uh, been a different experience altogether with the songwriting and. Um, I'm really enjoying things. Well, I hear the band, so that means that we're out of time here on Song Talk Radio. Uh, we'd like to thank our guest, Garrett Nealis. Garrett, how do people get more of you? Uh, all socials. Garrett Nealis, you can find me on Instagram, Spotify, TikTok, all of it. And uh, send me a DM. Love to chat more about it if you're interested in talking songwriting. Love it. Can you spell your last name? N-E-I-L-E-S. So find me on Instagram, GarrettNeilis.music. All right. Well, we'll definitely be sending people your way. Anyways, that's all the time we have tonight. Don't forget to send your thoughts and comments to uh, feedback at songtalk.ca. We'll share them on the show. If you have to be on the on the interwebs or in Toronto, you can stop by the bi-monthly songwriters meetup every other month at the Transact Club in Toronto. You're able to share works in progress with other songwriters and get useful feedback. And there's beer. And if you're not in Toronto, you can always stop by the uh, Zoom version of the songwriters song talk meetup. And uh, we just had one, and there's people from all over the world. It's a blast. Stop by songtalk.ca for the link. You can find all the books and resources we mentioned here on our resources page. And if you need to get more of Neil, even though he's not here, you can get to him at neilmody.com. If you want to get more of me at philemory.ca. And uh, Garrett, what's your very favorite social media channel? I'm a big Instagram guy. Instagram? Everyone's... The kids are into the gram. You know, the kids are into the gram. I got to get into the gram. Anyways, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you again. And don't forget to keep on writing. Good night, everyone. Good night.